Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Luke chapter 5, we're going to read verse 15, the second part of it. Luke chapter 5, verse 15, B. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Luke chapter 5, verse 15, B. You're going to read from and great multitudes. Are you ready? Read together, one, two, go. Read it again, one, two, go. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. One more time, one, two, go. Listen, last week you learned about the power of expectation. It is not enough to know that God can do something. You must have a fervent desire to see him do it. A fervent and earnest expectation to see it's done. So this text tells you why they came. They came to hear the word of God and to see the sick healed. That's why they came. I want to ask you, why are you here? So I want you to say it the way this text said, says it. You say, I came to hear the word of God and I came to see the sick healed. Say, that's why I'm here. To hear the word of God and to see the sick healed. Say, in this service, the world will be taught and the sick will be healed. Say it again, the world will be taught, the sick will be healed. The world will be taught, the sick will be healed. Now, if you are the sick that should be healed, I hope you are not saying just saying the sick will be healed. Say, I will be healed. So I came to hear the word of God and to be healed. That's why I came. And guess what? The Bible says the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. So it's from your lips to the ears of God. If you came to be healed, you will be healed. Did you hear what I said? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say it one more time. Say, I came to hear the word of God. And I came to see the sick healed. Hallelujah. The supply of the Spirit for healing. That's my teaching today. The supply of the Spirit for healing. What did I call it? One more time. What is the title of the sermon? So essentially it's a teaching on the gift of the, of the Spirit of healing or, or the gift of healing how to receive it and how to use it. The teaching on the gift of healing, how to receive it and how to use it. Turn your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Let's do a brief commentary on this verse first and foremost. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. If you are there, say amen. Read it, one, two, go. Go. 
It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are two important points I want to draw out from this. And I want you to pay attention and receive it from your spirit. The first is this. It is compulsory to be interested in spiritual gifts. It's compulsory. It's compulsory. It's not an option. It's compulsory. You must be interested in spiritual gifts. You can't be in a battlefield and be indifferent about weapons. When God tells you, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, you better listen. It's not a choice. You know, sometimes people sit in services like this and they're acting cool. I'm cool too. Maybe more than you. But you see, we're talking about the things of the spirits. This is not a game. This is not a joke. And so you better embrace the word of God with your heart and with your soul and with your might. Because this is ser serious. He says it's compulsory. I won't have you ignorant about spiritual gifts. This is not a denomination issue. It's about the word of God and his will for you. If you're a child of God, you must learn about spiritual gifts. The word translated ignorant in the Greek is agnoe, or however it's pronounced. Let me spell it for you. It's A-G-N-O-E-O. Agnoeo, or something like that. But this is what it means. It means to have a disinclination to something. A disinclination to something. You're not just interested. It doesn't even mean that you don't believe it exists. You're not just drawn to it. God says, no, not you. Not concerning spiritual gifts. You must have a fervent desire and interest as far, as far as spiritual gifts are concerned. And guess what? It's not for pastors alone. It's not for the clergy. It's not for workers alone. It's for all men. In the epistles, you see books that are written to pastors. Books like First and Second Timothy. Books like Titus. But there are books written to the local church. And what you just read is one of those books. He wasn't writing to pastors, he was writing to a church. Concerning spiritual gifts, he says, I won't have you ignorant. You must learn about it. You see, one of the worst things that can happen to the body of Christ is for us to relegate the subject of spiritual gifts to men of God. To relegate the flow of the Spirit to men of God. You know, sometimes we don't even know what is wrong in the body of Christ. We like to see men of God perform miracles. We talk about the miracles they perform. You know, we celebrate it and rightly so. But listen, you have to realize that what you see in them should create in you an urgency to see the same in your life because that's the will of God. From the pulpit to the pews, the church must be full of the demonstration of the spirits in our day. Are you with me? Everybody gets to participate in this. That's the will of God. Let me tell you the truth from my personal experience. Almost every spiritual attack was as a result of the lackadaisical attitude of Christian parents. Sometimes I wonder, how could your parents allow this thing linger this long? How? It was in 2011. I was praying for a young man who was possessed by a demon spirit. I laid hands on him. I think his siblings should be here today. 
He's out of the country, but his siblings should be here. I laid hands on him. He fell flat to the floor. And for a few minutes, a foreign voice was talking through him. He was unconscious, but the foreign voice was talking. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, June 6, 1996, June 6, 1996, which happened to be the boy's birthday. Archbishop Benson Idausa was preaching. This is what the demon said. Preaching in a service cast him out of someone. And so he was looking for where to go. Went to a hospital, saw this fine boy. He said he was handsome. He made angels jealous. By angels, it means fallen angels. So because he was handsome, they were jealous and entered him. Now I was wondering, this is a boy from a Christian home. Who did the naming ceremony? That's what I was wondering. Didn't they pray in the house every day? How did the demon stay there if daddy was praying every day? If mommy was praying every day, how did the demon stay? And the demon stayed there. Everybody thought the boy was normal until he was in the university with a 4.9 CGPA in engineering. Then a mental illness struck. Everybody thought it was normal. Are you listening to me? And of course, if you take such a person to the hospital, they will have a diagnosis. But now, hands were laid on him, and then the story was being told. Please be serious. Are you listening to me? And now, some, you know, some of you, you are so out of touch with your identity in Christ. You hear such a story, and you are afraid. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? What makes you think it's okay for you to be scared? But not okay for me to be scared. Listen, we have received a common inheritance in Christ. A common inheritance. That's what Paul is telling you. I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. I don't want you. Learn about it. That's what he's saying. The second important point to draw from this, when Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You see, if you're not flowing in spiritual gifts, it's not a lack problem. It's a knowledge problem. He didn't say, I wouldn't have you continue to lack spiritual gifts. That's not what he said. He said, I will not have you ignorant. I, listen, what I just said, you better be grateful that you have the opportunity to hear it. Because I wasted time. I had the Holy Ghost, but I was crying and fasting for power. And for gifts. You know, then I thought, oh, I can speak in tongues. I see healings once in a while, but, but I want more. Because you see, in 1 Corinthians 12, there are nine. I think I have just two. Oh God, I want more. Paul says, I won't have you ignorant. It was not a lack problem. It was a knowledge problem. If you are born again, there is no spiritual capacity that you lack. None. Did you hear what I said? There is no spiritual ability or gift that you lack. But the fact that you don't lack it does not mean you've learned to use it. You see, there was a very scary video from Afghanistan. Some of you know what has happened, the Taliban takeover and all of that. And then the U.S. troops left all their weaponry and ran away. And many of the things they left, you know, some, amongst the things they left was Black Hawk helicopter. Now, these Taliban troops, they've not learned to use all these equipments, but they have a lot of things. And in this video, 
You could see them driving. I said driving on purpose. Driving a Black Hawk helicopter. They had not learned to fly it. So they were driving it like a car. Just driving it around. When I see that, that's how many Christians are. You have so much capacity. You have a helicopter that can fly with such tremendous speed and you're just driving it. It's not different from any downfall vehicle on the road. Because you have not learned to use your capacity. It's not a lack problem. It's a knowledge problem. That's why he says, I will not have you ignorant. You see, oh my God. Pay attention. Look at your Bible. Did you notice that in your Bible, the word gifts is italicized? Come on, especially those of you using KJV. Is it italicized in your Bible? Do you know what it means? It means it wasn't in the originals. Paul did not actually say spiritual gifts. The translators put it there to help you understand better. So what did Paul say? He says, now concerning spirituals, I won't have the ignorant. That's what Paul said. Because it is tautological to say spiritual gifts. Because the word spiritual means giving by the spirits. That's what it means. Giving by the spirits. So it will be tautological for you to say concerning giving by the spirits gifts. You are repeating gifts twice. Ah, you, Listen, if you understand this, it will bless you. In science class, we were taught the difference between wind and air. Who remembers? Who remembers? Not you. Who else? You know what we're told? We're told that wind is air in motion. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear what I said? Wind is what? So wind is air that did something. So the moment air moves, it takes on a different name. But it is the same substance. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what spiritual gifts is. It is, it is a term to describe the omnipotence of the spirits. When the spirit does something, it is a gift. But who did it? Understand. So as a believer, you have the spirit, right? But not all believers have learned to use that spirit to benefit the person by their side. Not all. But the same spirit you have is the same spirit by whom Jesus was raised from the dead. Think about that. But you can be walking around just like the Taliban, you know, driving the Black Hawk helicopter, driving it. Instead of flying, driving. So you have the spirit. The same spirit that hovered over the face of the deep at the beginning. The same spirit by whom the whole world was formed at the beginning. When God said, let there be light, the spirit was the one who acted. That spirit is in you. So what have you done with the spirit? That's the question now. So you see, the difference between the spirits and spirituals is action. When the spirit does something, ay, 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 then it is a gift. A gift is not what you have. It is what you do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who did something? So like I said, spiritual gifts, listen, I want you to pay attention. It will change your life. 
Spiritual gifts describe the omnipotence of the spirits. Ah, yeah, yeah. So if the spirit touches someone that is sick and the person gets well, the gift was actually the spirits that manifested for healing. So what we call spiritual gifts is a description of the manifestation. But what was actually given was the spirits. It is the spirits that we dispense. <laughs> oh my God. If you learn this, it will change your life forever. Let me show you this. I will come back to 1 Corinthians 12. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Oh boy, boy, boy. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. Are you in Hebrews 2, 4? You should be there now. Are you in Hebrews 2, 4? Read it together. One, two, go. So listen, listen. God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. So, the gift, is it what they had or what they did? Did they have miracles or they did miracles? Did they have signs or they performed signs? Now, it says, signs, wonders, diverse miracles. He's saying the same thing in different ways. What is a sign? It's a wonder. What is a wonder? Miracles. What are miracles? Gifts of the spirits. So, gifts are not what you have. It is what you do. That's why it's called a gift. When the Holy Spirit in you does something for the person by your side, he gives something. That's a gift. But it's the Holy Spirit. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 12. You will pay attention to this now. See, put aside what you thought you knew and just look at this objectively so you can get the point. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, it is one solution to every problem. So he's telling you the spirit, the same spirit, has diverse operations. So now he begins to list. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, for to one is given word of wisdom through the spirits. To another, word of knowledge through the same spirits. To another, faith by the same spirit. It's the answer to all man's questions. How do I have eternal life by the spirits? How do I stop sin by the Spirit? How do I get empowered for ministry by the Spirit? How do I get healed of sickness by the Spirit? The same Spirit. Don't you understand? Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how many? All spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, there is nothing of God that is left out. Nothing. Nothing. By the Spirit, you have and can do all that the Spirit is capable of giving. This is so important. What if I told you that strictly speaking, God doesn't solve problems directly. He just injects his Spirit. 
if you learn what I'm teaching you, it will change your life. Did you hear what I said? You know, you may sing many nice songs about God breaking chains. God is too big for that. Don't you understand? David sang about God. He said, at the presence of God, mountains keep like lambs. He doesn't see. It is cute for you to say, he will say, mountain move. But he says, at the mere presence, the rivers will be turned back. At the, so, all you need is to inject the presence. Did you hear what I said? Let me give you an example. A clear example you may maybe have not paid attention to. You know, there's a lot of songs about breaking chains in church and there's some element of truth to them. But I want to show you a more excellent way. The Bible tells us that Peter was in prison, bound in chains. And then the angel of the Lord stepped in. Look at it in Acts chapter 12 verse 6. Oh, Matara Bahaya. <laughs> oh, you're about to see something good. Are you in Acts chapter 12? Verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and light shone in the prison, and he struck the chain. Is that what the Bible says? He just tapped Peter. <laughs> him on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly and what did the bible say yes. hallelujah so this is what david was trying to describe he said why are you running mountain why are you turn back rivers why are you skipping like lambs he said tremble O earth at the presence of God. It's the presence of God. God doesn't need to break any chain directly. He just needs to inject his spirits. So you are the one fixated on your limitations. Once God steps in, he just taps you and says, stand up. Let me give you another similar example. When Paul and Silas were in prison, did God open the prison door? Have you read that also? As they sang and they praised, the place shook, right? And the doors opened on their own accord. So it's an automatic system. The moment the presence of God steps into any situation, <laughs> luck must disappear. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, you now have to understand what God has given to you if he has given you his spirit. If he has given you his spirit, you need to know what he has given you. For you to have his spirit and still see lack. Still see a problem. Still see a chain. Still see a limitation, a sickness. You don't understand what he has given you. No wonder Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant. Learn about it. Praise the Lord. Think about it. How could the woman with an issue of blood say to herself, all I need to do is touch the hem of his garment and I'll be healed? Do you know what that means? It means healing is an environment. 
Ah, you didn't hear me. That's what it means. So, God doesn't have to heal in particular. Even Jesus was surprised. He touched, he turned and said, who touched me? So healing doesn't even have to be an intentional effort. It's just an environment. <laughs> it's just an environment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's just an environment. There was something Jesus carried that is inconsistent with sickness. That's what it is. Inconsistent with sickness. So the woman knew. I don't have to say, sir, please pray for me. I've been suffering this problem 12 years. Mm-mm. What I need is just the touch. And just so you know, you don't have to come and touch me if you're a believer. You have the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh God. If only you understand what I'm saying. Do you believe what I'm saying? You have the Holy Ghost. So, if you can stir up what you have, if you can stir up, listen, the fact that you have it does not mean you know how to use it. You can be ignorant about it. You know, I remember years ago, yeah, I used to speak in tongues, but I wasn't really sure. I didn't even know how powerful my tongues were or if they were even correct. Then I entered one room with one, you know, guy who had been a Christian for a long time and knew about spiritual gifts. And I was speaking in tongues. Everybody was speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, he told everybody to keep quiet and told me to continue. So God had given him an interpretation of what I was saying. And what I was saying was a counsel for someone else in the room. And he was interpreting. You know, so as he was interpreting, my faith in what I already had hit the roof. Ah, not me, oh. <laughs> I remember myself smiling and grinning on my way home. Ah, no, there are levels to this thing. <laughs> Forget it. But do you know, there was even a service before then. They said, if you wanted to be filled with the Spirit, come out. I came out. Because I wasn't sure. This was years ago. I wasn't sure. So what happened after that day? I became confident in what I had. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what many of us need. Many of the things you are looking for, you already have. When the spirit that you have is dead, supernatural possibilities become activated. Hmm? How can you be a Christian and not believe what I'm saying? How can you be saved and not believe what I'm saying? Have I not told you before? Have you not read it in the Bible that even when you die, at the trump of God, it is the power of the Spirit in you that will raise you up. How can you believe that the power of the Spirit in you will raise you from the dead and you don't believe that that same power can heal your sickness? How can you believe that? How can you believe that? How can you believe that? The Lord constrained me. I just wanted to come here, bam, 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 you know, pray for everybody, which is the easiest thing. But he wants me to make a healer out of you. Did you hear what I just said? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
There is glory, mighty walking power at work in me, at work in me. There is glory and mighty walking power at work in me, in the Holy Ghost. There is glory, mighty walking power at work in me, at work in me. There is glory, mighty walking power. Catapale Mondia. Hey, in the whole. Stretch out your hands and say, My hands, they heal. My ears, they heal. And my eyes. Look at your hands and say, my hands, they heal, they heal, my ears, they heal, and my eyes, they see. Listen, look at me. The Bible talks about a certain pool called the pool of Bethesda. You know what the Bible says? It says an angel will come. And do what? Stare. Stare the water. That's all the angel had to do. Just stare it. The moment the water is stared, anyone who jumps in is healed. And if you are here looking for any pool, you still miss the point. Don't you understand? The Bible says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. It says, he that believes as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. <laughs> rivers. You've got Bethesda inside you. Hey. Listen. Listen. You've got a river inside you. You can stir up that river. I'm telling you, if you stir up that river, the sick will be healed. It says, out of their bellies will flow. Rivers of living water. Rivers. So this is what we are going to do now. All we are going to do here is this. Hey, couple says. You sense that, right? As we stare this atmosphere, watch it. Demons will check out of people. And the sick will be healed. Let me tell you this. If you practice this, if you learn this, it will happen cheaply. All the time. All the time. It's called the healing anointing through you. Don't be ignorant of it. Don't be disinclined towards it. Become conscious of it. Walk in it. I'm telling you right now as I'm talking, something is rising from your legs. Rising from your legs. Rising from your legs. 
Hallelujah. Rising. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to go into a time of worship. And you just dispense. You came here with something. You dispense. Ha. Did you hear what I said? You are a dispenser of the spirits. The person by your side may have a need. You dispense. The person by your side may be sick. You dispense. Hallelujah. Demons, listen, I can share this testimony because she's fine now. Let me tell you something. The church has to renew her mind. You know, the reason why some people are shy to share testimonies is because of the way some of you will be looking. But the Bible could tell us that some of the ladies who were ministering to Jesus, one of them in particular, had eight demons. And there was no stigma. Everybody knew it was in the past. But the reason I'm telling you this is so that you won't understand. There's one of us here, you know, they thought it was an anger problem. It's part of what I'm saying. And you know, um, it was later I was hearing the story, she would pick a knife to fight her dad and all of that. And she came to see my wife for counseling. So she was waiting, waiting for us. Coincidentally, I was praying in the, in the room, one of the rooms with Pastor K. So I just came out into the living room. I heard there was a visitor just to say hello. Once I stepped in, her knees began to quake. And I know that. I know what it was. So, you know, my wife was still waiting to see her. I said, can I pray for you? Out in the name of Jesus. She fell to the floor. Demons left. Now she's so vibrant serving the Lord in this church. Listen. Listen. What was it? What happened? Why did the atmosphere change just by my stepping in? And I'm telling you, I've seen that many times. I want to teach you how. It's called the supply of the spirits. Are you with me? The supply. <laughs> what did I call it? Hold your Bibles in your hands quickly. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Some people know about prayer. They don't know about supply. They don't know something happens when they pray. They are not conscious of a supply. But not you. Not after today. Read Philippians 1.19 together. One, two, go. He says through your prayer and the what? Not just prayer. Not just prayer. When you pray, something happens. There is a supply. God gave you that spirit so that you by the spirit can give others something. You can do something. If there is a challenge around you, you can do something about it. Let me tell you this. Pastor will not be there all the time. Neither should you wait for him. You have the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Pray in the spirit right now. Don't forget, prayer and the supply. Not just prayer. Right now. Listen, hold on. Let me still work on your consciousness a bit. Say this with me as I pray now. 
there is a supply of the Spirit. See, I take from within me and I dispense in this atmosphere for the sick to be healed, for demons to be expelled, for lives to turn around. Say, as I pray now, it begins to happen. Listen. So listen. Say that with me one more time. Say, as I pray now, this atmosphere is charged. Say, I charge this atmosphere. Say, I shake this building. By the anointing of the Spirit, let everything that is of the devil fall off and out of this place. By the anointing of the Spirit. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.